Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Episode of the Pilot Season Podcast. This is Pilot Season Podcast episode number 34. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is the podcast where we just talk about the uh, first episode of a TV series, the pilot episode. It could be something new, something old, uh, something that has never even aired. And we take turns picking a pilot. We watch it, we review it, we talk about it, we have a little bit of fun with it, and hopefully you'll have some fun too. And like I said, we we normally take turns picking the show we're going to watch, and uh, ju- kind of a general rule of thumb if you're a new listener, it's something that neither of us have watched before ever in our lives, or it's something that maybe we watched, but it's been... 30 plus years and we can't remember anything about it or so those, those are the general criteria for picking a show. And uh, this week was Jen's pick. So if you would like to tell everyone what you picked. Sure. I picked living with yourself, which is newer show. It's not terribly new now. I think it came out in October yeah, on just, Netflix just last and, year. right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it stars Paul Rudd and it's been on my on my list probably since around that time we just haven't gotten to it until now yeah I, it almost sounds silly to say like oh you're a big fan of Paul Rudd I feel like everyone's a fan of Paul Rudd <laughs> but but you like Paul Rudd so I think is this why you kind yeah, of picked yeah. it I really do like him so when I saw that he had a a new show mm-hmm. coming out I knew that I wanted to check it out so yeah, he's a he's a likable guy. He's funny. Mm-hmm. Don't see him do too much in the drama arena, which is what this. I mean, this is. I think it's it's li- it's listed as a comedy, but I would argue that there's a fair amount of drama in it too. Sure. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I mean, from the very beginning. Well, you know what? We'll we'll do this. We'll just to give you a, a brief idea brief recap of what the show is about living with yourself is an existential comedy about a man struggling in life who undergoes a new treatment to become a better person only to find that he's been replaced by a new and improved version of himself so that is the the basic plot of living with yourself it's a right now it's just one season eight episodes i believe yes eight episodes and I've not heard if it's been renewed. I don't know. Uh, and we obviously we have not watched the rest of it to know if it ends in a way that they will bring it back for a second season. But that's not really our concern. We're generally concerned with this first episode. I don't know. What did you What did you think? I guess it it kind of is what I thought it was going to be. It kind of lay. I, I'm assuming it's laying the groundwork for anyone to be able to continue with the show because it's the concept of the show is kind of 
unique in and of itself. So I think this isn't the kind of show that they could just dump us into. There's two Paul Rudds. Like Mm -hmm. they have to give us a backstory as to how this, what happened to him and how he is essentially living with himself. Mm -hmm. Basically it seems like he's kind of struggling with a lot of things in life. Seems very depressed. Yeah. And he even like joyless. Yeah. Like uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. I think he's a a handsome guy. Mm -hmm. They even make him look like he physically just looks tired. Yeah. Even when he's at work, he looks like he just woke up. I mean, he's, his hair is kind of a mess. He's unshaven. Generally looks uninterested with everything. Yeah, he. I guess he's supposed to be some kind of ad exec or, or marketing, advertising, yeah. marketing, or something. And he has to give a presentation, and he's literally done nothing. He's not prepared at all. There's a conference table full of at least a dozen of his coworkers, and he's got nothing to present. And then, mm. of course, some other coworker steps in and presents. I guess the most you know, amazing idea. So not only does he look bad, he now looks just awful because yeah. someone kind of outdid him, you know, I thought it, I did think it was funny where he just kind of gets up and doesn't even doesn't without missing a beat. He's just like, yeah, I'm not ready. Like he just gets up and he's like, I need more time. Yeah. I guess and- the, the funny thing about this is yes, this is everybody's waking nightmare and mm-hmm. that dreaded feeling of being unprepared But like for the most part, there's usually something more to it. You started late, but you at least tried Mm -hmm. or, you know, you worked at it and couldn't find the right thing. It literally looked like he did absolutely nothing. It wasn't like, oh, I got so far, but I'm not quite finished. They show him like sitting in his office, staring out the window. Mm -hmm. He just looks miserable. He's got one word typed on. They show his computer screen. It's like there's just nothing there. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, whether he's depressed or, well, he's got to be depressed. He's some type of depressed and and whatever else might be going on. But then we see him at home and things don't look great there either. It sounds like he and his wife are supposed to be doing like artificial insemination or something along those lines. And he Mm -hmm. keeps avoiding his appointment and rescheduling. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he's kind of making excuses. That's, you know, that's not the kind of thing you go into lightly. So for them to already be that far in, you know, they've made the decision, they've made a commitment, they've Mm -hmm. clearly discussed it. And now he's just kind of like, well, you know, it costs a lot of money. (laughs) And, you know, that's a thing you talk about before you get that far well, the into wife, it and stuff. The wife so. even calls him out on it. She's like, well, what have we been saving all this money for? She's like, we have the money. Right. So I think he's just, you know, a mess in all mm-hmm. areas of his life. Yeah. I think it's funny that the uh, fertility clinic calls him to confirm his appointment. And when he kind of hems and haws, the guy on the other end says, let me guess, you're rescheduling your eighth for the eighth time now. (laughs) And if he's missed or rescheduled eight appointments in a row, clearly he's having maybe not specifically a problem with this, but just 
problems overall. I mean, how does how is his wife not thinking like or saying like, okay, clearly you're not ready for this. We need to see somebody. We need to talk. And and maybe that'll show up in other late episodes. But I feel like the priority at this point is not to have a baby, but to figure out why you don't want to have a baby or figure out the underlying problems. Like they absolutely, if, if, if Paul Rudd is this miserable and depressed, not only at work, but at home at basically every waking moment of his life, he should not be having a baby. Yeah. And it sounds, you know, she could be totally unaware of what, you know, is going on at work for him, but you know, they have this short discussion that morning that he, cancels his appointment again and she gets you know she's irritated and walks away from the table and makes some comment but basically it sounds like this has been an ongoing thing there's yeah there's probably more to it than just having a child and Mm -hmm. it sounds like their marriage is probably you know messed up like you said maybe work on your marriage before you yeah, why or, would... or help him with his mental health, you know, before you maybe put the baby thing on hold, yeah. you know, I understand you want a child, you've probably given them a, a bunch of your money already just to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. But there's other stuff there that, you know, if you have a shitty marriage, and then you have a baby that you've paid tens of thousands of dollars to mm-hmm. be able to have, like, not saying don't, you know, have your children and whatnot. But what a shitty foundation for your child to be born into like a bad marriage, like a maybe you're going to separate, divorce, whatever, you know, maybe work on that first. Again, I know this is fiction and um, I guess part of it, it, it's probably played up to a certain extent because we need to see just how low he's gotten. I think that's Mm -hmm. part of the point is like they just want to show us a man who is at a level of desperation, I think. And maybe that's because he gets, it kind of hits a rock bottom, if you will, is why he decides to do what he does, Mm -hmm. which is he got a recommendation for a spa from his friend at work who happens to be the friend that kind of showed him up in the meeting. And it's not just a, a regular spa. The friends, you know, he's, talking to the friend and I guess the friend used to be a little bit more reserved and never really showed these great ideas at work. It sounds like they, they maybe came up together and they were kind of a lot alike. Yeah. They were just kind of like, uh, we're the, we're the laid back dudes that do just enough work to not get fired. So now this guy is doing great work Mm -hmm. and outgoing and Mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, so Paul Rudd's like, well, you know, what the heck used to be, the complete opposite. Yeah, he even, says, he even says, like, what happened to you? Yeah. And the guy's like, you know, I went to the spa. I got a treatment. I'm like a whole new person. You know, he explains this isn't like a regular spa. Sounds pretty expensive and you have to come on a recommendation. And he said he's willing to give a recommendation because <laughs> kind of to add to the really bad situation that... Paul Rudd is in his friend who he viewed as pretty much his equal for so long basically says, I'm willing not, I'm, I'm going to give you this recommendation because you're my friend and I care so much about you, hmm. but I'm gonna give you this recommendation because I know no matter what, you're not my competition. Yes. Yeah. He didn't, didn't see him as a threat. Yeah. 
<laughs> to me, that was like really sad too. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's very convinced about it at first, but like the next, it's the next day, I think, right? He makes the phone call. Yeah, I guess. It, and it, it didn't seem like there was any one thing that pushed him over the edge. I mean, the last thing we saw him do was trying to change a light bulb and it didn't work or something and he, he smashed it. So there's work and there's personal issues, but almost just like literally nothing can go right. You know, he bumps into the same credenza every mm-hmm. single time, but he doesn't come across as one of those just like truly awkward people, like always awkward or always, you know, stumbling yeah. over his own two feet. But it's like this credenza is always there and he bumps into it and just little things that he, the the smallest things can't or don't go right for him, including this light bulb. And I think that maybe put him over the edge. Yeah. So yeah, so he he calls and he he makes an appointment and it's, and it's very it's a very brief conversation. It's an Asian man on the other end who just says fifty thousand dollars and here's the address. And it's across from the curves, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> yes. and, then, and then he hangs up. You know when when you say you said a few minutes ago about you know we needed to see him hit rock bottom. I thought it was really awful for him to basically clean out their savings in order to pay for this. I mean, that that is just huge. I mean, because that was the money that they were saving to have a baby. And he is essentially using it on himself. I mean, I I don't know any like any other marriage that would survive that because that is the and I, I again, I understand like this is the way to move the, the, the show forward. I mean, he has to have this treatment in order for us to see what happens. I felt like that might've been a little extreme from the creator point of view. Like, I don't know any other marriage that would survive someone taking $50,000 from a shared account and essentially spending it on themselves. I guess there's a couple directions that that could lead. Um, You know, one could be, she finds out, gets mad, causes further, you know, issues in their marriage, or maybe that's the catalyst for him coming clean with her in the future. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that was our money, you know, to have a baby. However, I have all these things going wrong and I'm not going to, you know, be a good dad. I'm not going to, I'm not being a good husband until I fix this. And I mean, I could, yes, you're right. You take 50 grand I know I'm going to be upset, but I could see this going. <laughs> I mean, anybody. Well, that's right. the thing. I mean, and, and and maybe they could have explained it with just a couple of lines of dialogue. Like when he's sitting, you know, when he's sitting with his wife having breakfast that morning, you know, something, she could have said something like, you know, you're so unhappy. Why, you know, why don't you go back to counseling? Like just something to, to let us know that he's tried everything. If he's this unhappy, why wouldn't he go to counseling or why wouldn't he talk to someone before taking their baby money <laughs> yeah like and using it on himself like that for for something that he's you know for as essentially like essentially a spa like he doesn't know what he's getting well that's the other thing like he really doesn't know what he's getting he only has what his friend told him mm-hmm. the brief little bit that he how you know he explained how it's changed his life again like maybe it's just this 
profound level of desperation. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that w- would feel like, you know, to, I don't really just to, to hand over that amount of money and not really know like what you're getting. And yeah, I would have felt, I just would have felt better about a lot of things. I think if the wife had said something like, like you just said, like, Hey, maybe, you know, go to a therapist or something, mm-hmm. but like, who knows? We don't have a backstory on what appears to be troubled marriage. We don't know if we should. We, we know she's not American. That is true. She's got like a Scottish accent I or something. It was Irish, but oh, maybe I don't know. She's definitely not. Yeah, you know, she was not born in America. I think mm-hmm. we could say that easily. But have they had conversations in the past about his state, his mental health? Is this is this their first conversation? Right. Is this their, just their second or third? Maybe they've had a million. Maybe she's a real bitch. And all she can <laughs> focus on is having a baby and can't even see the man in front of her is a mess. Like, we, you know, we don't yeah. really know. Yeah. Is it a dick move to take 50 grand? Sure is. Mm-hmm. But I even wrote. <laughs> it's like pretty dickish to clean up their savings. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, like I said I think there's so much that we just simply don't know. And that could be a storyline for later. You're right. And and again, like, you know, there's eight more episodes. So this episode, as I said before, I think it's sort of laying down the groundwork for Mm -hmm. us to understand how he got to be in this like crazy situation. He goes to the spa. Well, that's stemmed from his depression and just everything in his life. But the, this particular episode is kind of dark, you know, for mm-hmm. yeah, especially absolutely. for something that he's involved in. Mm-hmm. I'm used to seeing him in roles where even like Ant-Man, that's you could say it's it's a Marvel movie. So it's kind of an action movie. And um, while that's the the underlying premise, he still looks good and healthy and handsome mm-hmm. and he's cracking one liners and, and stuff like that. And he was very not that in, in this episode, like we talked about physically what he looks like tired, not upbeat, not making jokes. He t- and he typically has kind of almost like a, I don't think I've ever described anyone like this before, but he kind of has a sparkle in his eyes Yes, when he is on, when he is, you know, happy and, having fun and joyful and cracking jokes. It's like, he's got this, like his eyes are just sparkle. But when he is, you know, his character miles, when he is down and depressed, like it's almost like someone pulled the shades down on his eyes. I'm glad you said that about Mm. his eyes. I didn't write anything down like that, but I, I did notice right away. And I'm never, I never cease to be amazed at what they can accomplish you know, on screen, but Mm -hmm. yes, he's probably about our age ish, Mm -hmm. but he always comes across to me as like a guy who, and yeah, he's, he's rich so he can buy whatever he wants and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, but he always comes across to me as a guy who might be about my age in his mid forties, but probably feels like he's 28. And he still kind of looks like he's 28. Yeah, he's, a, he's you know? timeless. <laughs> but, I mean, he's got like bags under his eyes, yeah. you know, and, and you can grow some stubble. 
Easy peasy. Sure. How do you add bags? I get it. There are makeup people. I totally get that. But damn, he really looked like you took Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. didn't let him sleep for a <laughs> week, and, and and took away everything that makes Paul Rudd's life great. Yeah. Piled on, you know, all kinds of crap. And he looks legitimately sad and depressed. And there was mm-hmm. no, like, spark, like you said. There was no... Nothing cute or funny to me. And that I guess I one of the negatives that I would have to say about the show is I didn't get to see Paul Rudd the way I really want to see Paul Rudd. And I I understood what the show was about. Just the just even just the title of the show, Living With Yourself. There's mm-hmm. two of him, he gets cloned somehow. We don't really know yet. But I thought, well, this is going to just be antics. There's two right. of him. He's probably got to hide himself from certain people, et cetera. Mm. And I'm hoping, like, if we were to continue watching this, I'm hoping that's what we would see later. And this was literally just, like I said, laying the groundwork. Because he does go to this rejuvenation spa, whatever they're calling it, and finds out later that this, in fact, is what they do. They didn't come out and say, we're going to clone you, mm-hmm. but they cloned him. Well, they, and well, something they, they did kind of say like, and, and, and again, like I said, yeah, it was very vague, but the, it was these two Asian gentlemen and they're kind of wearing these almost like futuristic lab suits. Mm-hmm. And the, their description of it was very vague, but I did catch that he said something like, we rejuvenate your DNA. Mm-hmm. And he said DNA a couple of times. And I think that kind of like that was him saying without saying like, oh, yeah, we're going to mess with your DNA. and We're going to make another one of you. Yeah. Something goes wrong. And, and you can see that something goes wrong in the procedure because the two um, technicians or whatever we mm-hmm. might call them begin arguing in Chinese or or whatever language they're speaking I don't know what they're saying, but there's clearly something wrong with the equipment. Paul Rudd goes under, falls asleep type of thing. So he, I think he sort of knows something's wrong, but then he's out Mm -hmm. and he wakes up later, not knowing exactly what happened. Buried at a shallow grave. Um, Wrapped in plastic. He, you know, kind of digs himself out catching his breath, realizes that he's still only wearing the diaper type (laughs) thing that they put him in for the procedure. Many hours later makes his way home. He's been buried like in some forest and you do see as the camera sort of pans away, this isn't random. There are other like graves there. Like freshly dug. Right. Plots. Yeah. Right. So he gets home and ends up, encountering his clone. Mm -hmm. And so the two of them then have to sort of piece together, you know, what happened. They both have some recollection of certain things going to the spa Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And you can kind of see like what I said, I hope future episodes will be the kind of antics between the, the two clones Mm -hmm. But as they're testing each other oh, like, yeah, with memories, yeah. tell me what happened in that time in seventh grade, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's kind of cute. It is. It's a little uh, was a little creepy, you know, it wasn't like super horror movie type mm-hmm. of thing, but just him digging himself out 
from from the ground and being wrapped yeah. in plastic and i had this i imagined myself like oh god like you, you wouldn't be able to breathe right. and well, well well the funny thing is that's actually how the episode first started it's it like it was like a cold open and it it is a close-up of the ground and you just see the ground kind of the dirt bubbling up and then his plastic wrapped hand coming up out of it and like muffled cries and groans and shouts and it's and it's him it's that scene it's him unearthing himself and i remember i think either think or wrote uh thought or wrote like man that's a really messed up way to start this show <laughs> that, yeah i guess in a weird way like there are some I, I guess i would call it like horror but like horror light yeah or horror like diet horror elements to this because like the the whole shallow grave thing being wrapped in plastic was really creepy when he gets home after digging himself out and he's, you know, he's still just literally wearing his diaper, but he gets home and before he can go upstairs, he hears someone upstairs with his wife. And he, I don't know if he assumes it's, you know, a nut, like a, someone cheating, like that she's cheating on him or if he thinks it's an intruder, but his first instinct is, you know, so I'm, you know, yeah, to get something to defend himself. And I'm thinking, Oh, it's going to be like a, a broom or a shovel or a bat. No, it's an ax. Like he gets an ax. I'm like, that's really extreme. Yeah. Like the first, cause like, yeah, like I've, I've carried a baseball bat around before, like for self protection, like to protect myself. Like I've, I used to have a baseball bat in my car. I would never carry an ax around because like you can defend yourself with a baseball bat. And I think that's reasonable. Right. I don't think you could defend yourself with an axe and call your unless someone is like coming at you also with an axe or some other bladed instrument. With a baseball bat, you can slow somebody down. Right. It's just with yeah. an axe, you can permanently Yeah. Like you're committing to hurt them. Yeah. That that that's a commitment. Yeah. You're you're <laughs> you're basically like, I'm gonna straight up murder you now. Yeah. Well, who yeah, who knows? I'm sure that was written intentionally. Mm-hmm. They could have written in any instrument, any, like you said, a broom, something that simple. Something non-lethal. Yeah. <laughs> but it, so it was, there were definitely dark elements, you know, to this show. And so they, the two clones sort of piece things together. They go back to the spa and get the to technician type people, doctors, whatever we're going to call them to admit that yes, it is cloning and mm-hmm. something went wrong. And this is the first time that the original lived like yeah, typically they call it like deactivation or something yeah, like but deactiv- deactivated the original body. And it's, you know, he's like, so, you know, it's murder. And they're like, yeah, I guess who wants to call murder, murder, <laughs> murderers probably, you know, don't want to say, like, oh, what I do? Murder. You know, they, I, I don't know. It's just a nice way to make it sound I less guess, awful, but that's essentially what they're doing is making a clone and murdering yeah. the original. I imagine he had to sign something and he probably just didn't read the fine print. Probably. <laughs> or they've used some more like fluffy terms. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't say we're going to murder you. Yeah. But that's essentially what happens. And, and so he's basically like, well, you know, there's two of us and one wife and one house and whatever. So what are we supposed to do? And then they 
talk briefly in, in Chinese or, or whatever uh, language they speak and decide they can offer him a 10% discount. <laughs> so there is real, really no solution at the end of the yeah. pilot episode for the problem that he has found. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've said it a number of times overall, it was kind of dark a little more than I expected. I expected what I want when I see Paul Rudd. I expected a little bit more comical mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe that does come throughout the rest of the, the season. But this pilot was a little bit not what I expected. I expected some story of a cloning situation or Mm -hmm. whatever, but just straight up like antics. And this was, you know, depression and darkness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the beginning of the show, he kills a fly and says, you're welcome. Yeah. Like he did it, he did it a favor. Yeah. Very, very dark right from the get go. So. One thing I was surprised, you know, usually like Paul Rudd, he kind of in a lot of his, you know, television and movie appearances, I feel like there's all these comedy actors that kind of came up together mm-hmm. that they are are all in each other's things. We didn't. There is literally no one else in this show I recognized except Tom Brady, the goat. Same, yeah. The goat was in this. He, it, 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 we forgot to mention it, but. Um, when Paul Rudd first pulls up to the what's it called the top happy spa. Yes. Yeah. That, that's the name of it. it. And it looks really cheesy and terrible. It's, it's in a strip mall and it's, it's called the top happy spa. He pulls up and he has a moment of doubt and he's like, what am I doing? This is crazy. He starts to put his car in reverse and out from top happy spa comes Tom Brady. Literally Tom Brady had a cameo in this and he rolls his wind uh Paul Rudd rolls his window down in disbelief and Tom Brady, he's just takes a deep breath and a big smile. And he just looks at him and goes first time. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, and he says something like I've been or whatever. I, this is my sixth. And I think that was a kind of a dig, like a sly reference to like his six Super, Super Bowls. Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So he's been there six times, six Super Bowls, you know, coincidence, probably not. But, uh, that was that's I feel like that was kind of a big get for this show. Yeah. Tom Brady, you know, it's it's to have a cameo like that, but I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, so we usually um when when we're done kind of uh hashing the show out, we kind of discuss if it's something we would keep watching. Um <clears throat> I would keep watching this because it's it's interesting only eight episodes. They're only like half hour episodes. Mm-hmm. That's probably something we could knock out in a day, <laughs> <laughs> especially in quarantine. Yes. Which we did. Uh, we did yesterday for another show that we did not. It's a show that we watched on our own. It's not something we reviewed, but we uh, finished last season of future man on Hulu. And that was only eight episodes. And we <laughs> in one sitting. Yeah. in one sitting <laughs> in our, in our uh, P- in our PJs, we just kind of uh, sat around and finished the last season of Future Man. So I feel like this would be something we could knock out in a day. Not that we need to, but but it, it it's fascinating. I'm I'm fascinated to see where this goes. It's I, it, it's a really interesting story, and I you know so far, I mean, Paul Rudd, even depressed Paul Rudd, is entertaining to watch. So. Just I'm a hair disappointed because, like I said before, 
in my mind, I thought I knew what I was getting and it's not quite what I got. However, it's quite possible that the next seven episodes are going to be exactly what I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe not, you know, and it could, there could be some element that's I'm not even thinking about that I end up loving. So I, I probably would continue and see what happens with, okay. with this show. All right. Well, uh, was there anything else that we needed to go over or talk about with this show? Um, I feel like we kind of got it all. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the pilot season podcast. Uh, you can find this episode and our previous 33 episodes on um, our website is pilot You can find us on the major social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for at pilot season TV. You can find our episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google play. And if, and we're always looking for suggestions for future shows to watch. You can email us at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on any of our, uh, any of our social media accounts. You know, like I said, we're always looking for suggestions for shows to watch. I already know what show I'm going to pick for the next episode. So we'll be teasing that this week. So that's it for this episode of the pilot season podcast. This has been episode 34. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.